A quick announcement before we get started. We've put together something special for you called the Hybrid Pub Scout Guide to Picking Your Publishing Path. And that's what it's about. You'll get checklists for what you can expect if you choose to work with a publishing company versus if you decide to go it alone. We've linked to it in the show notes and on our social media, and it's free. So go get it. Welcome to the Hybrid Pub Scout podcast with me, Emily Einelander. We're mapping the frontier between traditional and indie publishing. Today's guest is Robin Kremer Olson. Robin Kremer Olson has more than 12 years of experience in book publishing, working with best-selling self-published authors and in well-established publishing houses. Before working in book publishing, she was a marketing and advertising copywriter and content strategist. She currently teaches book marketing and publishing for writers classes at Portland State University. And she coaches authors on manuscript development, book project management, and book marketing and publicity. She has a bachelor's degree in communication and women's studies from Southwestern University, Georgetown, Texas, and a master's degree in writing with a specialization in book publishing from Portland State University. And she also has some pretty big news. Robin, what's your big news? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. And uh, I feel like such a grown up being on a podcast. This is my first podcast. Uh, But yeah, this this week, uh, we announced some big news. I'm going to be taking over as publisher for the Ooligan Press student run publishing house inside of Portland State University. Uh, Abby Goderud is going to be moving on after 12 years as publisher. She's going to be going to Chemeketa Community College to spearhead their textbook publishing program. So I'll be stepping in and taking over kind of this summer and into the fall. That's really exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that that was the uh, that was the place where I went to grad school as well. And many of our guests, actually, I mean, who would have thunk that's how we make connections with one another, right? I know. Well, it's <laughs> worth two years of work experience. So you leave with a whole group of people that you've been in the trenches with. So for two mm-hmm. years. <laughs> and then sometimes you figure out ways to keep in touch with them. And it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they invite you to be on their podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into questions about your book marketing and publicity experience, because we will be focusing on that today, um, not so much the educational side of things. Right. Yeah, right. And I'll be speaking as my uh, marketing coach, not in my Ooligan capacity. So. All right. The many faces of Robin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's, let's do the, the, um, marketing 101 question. Um, What's the difference between a book marketer and a publicist? Okay. So I consider myself a book marketer and I work with publicists. And I would say the primary difference is my job as a marketer is to make sure that readers or potential readers know that the author exists, that the book exists, and that we're communicating about that in sort of the best way possible from the copywriting, the cover, where it's appearing, 
Uh, and some of that will be paid for and some of that might be not paid for. Uh, and then pub, the publicity side of things or a publicist to me is someone who works primarily on that author reader connection. And that might be through live events, that might be through interviews. Um, it has, they do a lot with word of mouth and with media. And so they tend to have sort of a curated list of contacts. I don't keep a list of contacts. I kind of rely on a publicist to sort of bring that to the table. And what I do is sort of make the, the overarching plan and it will include publicity. Okay. So a bit of a project manager role in some ways. Yeah. And I tend to break things down into like what I call owned, earned, and paid. And so owned media is like anything where you control the message, you control the timing. So an author's website, a newsletter, I kind of put social media in there too. Earned is that publicity. That's where, you know, awards, reviews, word of mouth. Um, it's like earned attention that you don't pay for. And then paid is kind of what it sounds like. Display advertising, paid social, that kind of thing. Okay. So it almost, it also kind of sounds like the book marketer is a little bit more like business to business, whereas the publicity is like business to reader or consumer. Um, I think, I think that's a useful line knowing that there's probably like a Venn diagram or like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm all about the gray area. So sometimes we have to do a little bit of both. I might be coming at this a little bit from like the copywriter content strategy <laughs> thing, which I think we also kind of overlap on a little bit. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you, how does your content strategy uh, kind of inform this? Yeah. Well, I mean, content strategy is about the right message to the right people at the right time. Uh, and so in this case, we've decided it's a book. And so, um, and that isn't necessarily always print, you know, it can be audio, it can be ebook. Um, and then it's like, where, where are we going to talk about this? Where's the best place for an author to be? Uh, I worked with an author who was really great at doing these short videos. He's like an ultra endurance athlete who would do like the Iditarod 1000 or like the world's longest kayak race. And he would send these little dispatches from the trail. And we were putting them up on YouTube because they were hilarious. I mean, he was <laughs> suffering deeply, like in <laughs> agony, but he would he would like send these little sort of koans from the trail and it just worked perfectly. Right. But that was the strategy was he, sh he shined the best he shown shined in that, in that way. So we kept it know. there. Sh <laughs> right. Sh did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was, he was doing content sprints, but long endurance athleticism. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like in the dead of night in a snowstorm in Alaska, you know, pushing his bike for 17 miles. Oh my God. For a second, like you said, Alaska and my brain went straight to dog racing. Well, it's the Iditarod Trail, yeah. but you do a thousand miles of it on a fat bike. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ugh. And so he would pull out his phone, no service, but he'd take these little videos of just like the headlamp on the snow and just talking So did like, he about his peanut M&Ms and like putting <laughs> money in the suffer bank. And he was just, he's, yeah, it's incredible. So how was he able to get it to you during the process or was it all afterward? Checkpoints. Oh, okay. He'd okay. just 
put, he'd just upload them and then keep going. So let's come back to sort of like the author standpoint uh, in all of this marketing and publicity. So what are you as a book marketer supposed to do for your, um, for your author that you're working with? That's a great question. I think in metaphors. And so the metaphor that I offer for this is I'm more of a personal trainer. So uh, the author is expected to put in all the hard work and do the reps. And what I do is make the plan. And I identify what the goals are for the work and get the shortest distance between where they are now and where they're trying to be. So like, I'm a lazy person at heart. I don't like to do things wrong or over because it cuts into my sitting around time. And so I create a plan where the, the effort that is exerted gets the most result. And I think that that's really valuable for authors since they don't have endless supplies of money or time. And so if you're going to exert a certain amount of effort or a limited amount of resources, you want to know that they're going the best possible way they can. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I adopted the term coach because consultant sort of sounded like I was going to come in and like do stuff for someone, or I was going to kind of like make it happen. And the person that people want to connect to is not me. It's the author. Right. And so I want to put their best self forward. I want to make it as clean and clear and correct as possible. So people know who they're talking to. They know who they're relating to when they pick up a book and, or the series or, you know, want to find out more about this author. Mm -hmm. So how do you find like, since you have worked both with publishing houses as, and independently, uh, what do you think the difference is between working with these authors and working with the publishing company? And do you ever see their, uh, their desires at odds with one another? No, I think everybody wants the same thing, right? Everybody wants the book to find the right readers. Um, and that's where sometimes I struggle with the sort of author saying like, my publisher didn't do anything to market my book. Um, I, I sort of take umbrage with that because it doesn't really make any sense from a business standpoint. Like a publisher has made uh, taken financial risk to invest in this piece of work and it's in their best interest to see it succeed. Um, so I don't ever think things are at odds. I think both parties want the exact same thing. What I will say and what I've found myself doing more often than not is being sort of a translator between publisher and author where the publisher is like the duck, you know, on the top of the water and underneath it's like paddling like crazy, but on top it looks totally still. And I think from an author's perspective, they're like, what's the publisher done for me lately? And the, the publisher has been working on the marketing copy. They've been doing those pre-sales and sales calls with distributors. They've been doing the tip sheets and the sales kits and the Right. But all of that's very invisible to an author and they don't see that it's more of that B2B marketing or even backward from there. It's internal marketing, like getting people inside the publisher on board with the project. Oh, um, that's a ton of work. Right. But it's yeah. pretty invisible to the author. 
Um, on the other hand, I'm always telling my authors, go to your own horn, like send an email to your publisher about what you've done. T like tell them what you're up to, tell them what you tried, tell them what worked, what failed, because it's going to go down on your permanent record. Like they're <laughs> going to remember that you were hustling and that might sway them. Like when you come to them with your next project, they're going to be like, well, this person was hustling. Like, yeah, you know, we're a team here. Um, but authors can forget that like they're working so hard. Isn't it obvious? Like, doesn't my publisher appreciate what I'm doing? And I'm like, no, you got to like toot your own horn and tell them. I remember uh, being really excited when I worked in a publishing house, when someone was actually going out there and being proactive, especially for pre-sales. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it matters, like the publishers notice it and that might even, I can't promise, but it might mean if they do have like a little smidge of an extra budget like they might toss something your way they might do a little extra ad they might like throw you in the newsletter another time I mean there's it's it's a very like as long as you can keep the cycle as giving in both mm -hmm. directions I think it's bound to succeed what happens is when like both sides sort of think the other one isn't doing enough. I think there's probably a marriage metaphor in here too somewhere, but <laughs> there's gotta be, there's gotta be. Uh, I mean, I've heard it used uh, over and over again, but not necessarily in the marketing capacity, usually in the acquisition side of yeah. things, but right. I mean, but yeah, like that's as, more the wedding versus the marriage, I guess. Right. <laughs> but as a marketer inside of a publisher, you know, seeing an author, like we, we had a conference one time where we had the booth and all the books and we had sold all the books for the whole conference. It was an IT conference, but I still had that like extra box of books that I didn't know. I didn't really want to ship it back, but right. what am I going to do with it? And one of our authors came by and he was like, what are you doing with those books? And I said, well, I haven't really figured it out. And he's like, I'm going to try to sell the rest of those books, his own books. So he like took the box and he was like going around the expo hall floor and he'd bring somebody over and he'd be like, this guy will buy as many as will fit in his carry-on. And then he'd walk away. And he was just like hustling to push these books. What a hero. I know. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, Gary's always been my hero like that. He's just like dauntless. So He writes IT books. Mm -hmm. nice. And he's like, I just want people to have the book. Like, And I, yeah, I also feel like if a person, and, and that's also kind of, to me, there's, you know, you can elaborate on this or, or argue with us if you want, but I feel like sales and marketing kind of have diverging paths because I have seen authors who have been great about, you know, re repeating on their, you know, maybe they have a podcast, maybe they have a newsletter and saying, here's my book, buy my book. And, you know, they're great about saying that it's there, but they're not good at closing. So I, I feel like that's kind of a major difference. And it also like, affects greatly whether you get a second or third book out there from your publisher. Yeah. And that's a distinction that I end up having to address when I get the inevitable question of how do I sell more books or, but if I do this thing you're telling me to do, will it sell books? And I have to talk about that there is some difference between a sales activity and a marketing activity. And that you can't always tie an ROI to this. If I do X, I'm going to sell Y. Um, and if that's your sort of intrinsic motivation, you're going to get really sad and tired really fast. Because if you think that there's like a linear correlation between you working harder and the actual results being good, 
or it being monetary only because that's only one metric, right? There's a lot of metrics in marketing. And one of them might be like, I went to this conference and I made a lot of really great connections and people are now talking about me, talking about my book, right? So that's, yeah, that's a good start beginning, um, but not necessarily like turning around the uh, numbers. Right. Cause we all yeah. know what it feels like to be sold to versus someone trying to connect with us. Right. It's a very different yes. experience. Oh, um, can you talk a little bit more about, uh, internal marketing within a publishing house and how, you know, that can go well and how that can go not well? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of depends on the complexity of the organization, but the way that I've seen it happen is, uh, you know, there's the acquisitions process, which has a lot to do with marketing because you're only going to acquire something that you think has a reasonable to sure chance of selling. Um, But then you have to sort of pitch it to the publisher. You have to pitch it to the editorial staff and kind of get their buy-in on it and really sort of demonstrate why this book, why this author and why now and why this treatment of the topic, whether it's nonfiction or fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there is like a customer service or sales area, uh, like when I worked at Pomegranate, you know, we had to make sure that they understood what was going on with the product. Um, and it sort of manifests in those early sales materials, like the tip sheet, the copywriting that you put on the cover. and. Right. So yes, eventually it makes it to readers, but it has to start inside. And, you know, you have to convey the value and the urgency of the book to the designer so that they can transmit that in the form of a cover mm-hmm. or in the other sales materials that they make. Uh, I've heard from distributors, you know, that they, they really need you to sell it to them. They need to understand, don't just tell them it's a book, a gift book, if it's not the right gift book dimensions. Like know what is really valuable about this particular book or this particular author at this particular time. Yeah, because if you uh, don't, uh, if you don't give them the tools to be able to sell the book, they're just probably not going to go the extra mile to do it because they have a lot of other books to sell. Or if they're doing like confused headcock, like they're not going to be able to like talk about it in the way that you want. So Mm -hmm. that enthusiasm, right? You have to have that enthusiasm. The author isn't able to have those conversations. So the advocates inside the press have to have those conversations on their behalf. So when you, um, when you work with a self-published author, do you find that you do more like business to reader? Um, and is that more challenging in some ways or is it just a shift in mindset? Uh, it kind of depends on where the author is in their process. So a first time author, debut author, all the effort is in that getting that flywheel moving and just that incremental momentum. Um, It has a huge energy suck on everyone. So it's, I have to kind of limit the number of first time or debut authors that I work with because it's just, it takes so much focus and time and energy for, to get things built for them. Whereas an author that comes to me that maybe has a a platform already going, but they're like, I think there's some things I could be doing better, or I've been doing this stuff, but I'm not really sure how it's working. Um, That's a whole different thing, right? That's like running some experiments or doing a little like housekeeping, 
making sure that what they're doing is the best way that they could be doing it. To use an editing metaphor, it's more like revising a manuscript than writing one from scratch. Exactly. Or like developmental edit, you know, if like they're kind of shifting genres or something, you know, and like retooling what they already have. But it's also kind of like small business coaching too, because when you decide to publish a book, you're kind of starting a business. It's your next job. Yeah. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're doing it all by yourself. Yep. And you really do have to have like a business entity and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Taxes on that, you know? All right. So how do you develop that trust between the author and the book marketer and, you know, the department? Uh, First of all, I am very honest about what they're facing uh, because it's really hard work to launch and market a book or books. Um, Like there's sort of this relief and sense of accomplishment in finishing the manuscript or completing the book production. But then you have to like start all over again with that same amount of effort to then market it. Yeah. Uh, And I think the best thing that I can do is just be really upfront about what that's going to look and sound like as far as hours and, you know, small wins and big wins and small disappointments and big disappointments. Um, I always encourage authors to have like, to really look at why they're doing what they're doing. And like I said earlier, like it can't just be money. (laughs) There's gotta be other things that sustain them. And then we keep coming back to that. So like when, when feeling discouraged or like, why am I doing all this blog post? (laughs) Doing all this writing about the writing like, let's go back to why you were doing it. Um, I think that helps build trust. And then, like I said, as a coach, I'm kind of the cheerleader and, you know, dust them off and like send them back out. Um, and sort of feeling like there's someone there with you. Cause I think it can be a very like solitary feeling too. And, you know, I do what I say I'm going to do. So, like, I expect authors to do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've had all kinds of authors and, like, the ones that have sort of a mindset of, like, curiosity and, like, well, let's see what happens when I do this. I find that they sort of are more resilient and they kind of weather the, like, disappointments and or even the, like, silence. I think it's not even so much negativity. It's just like trying to break through the silence um, is very, can be draining. Yep. Um, And so I think uh, the ones that are just sort of like, I'm going to, you know, if there's 10 people at the cocktail party and seven people don't care who you are and two people hate you and one person loves you, they're going to like talk to that one person. Yeah. And you'll have a fun conversation. Right. And it's the ones that are like kind of plucky and like, (laughs) dauntless they just kind of they tend to weather the the ups and downs better like water off a duck's back right more mm-hmm. duck metaphors i i can't get enough <laughs> love a good duck um so do you ever kind of give that i imagine that you front load some of this uh this risk to people do you ever have people just go never mind and run away yeah i yeah. have i have a lot of one time calls 
mm-hmm. um, which is okay because it might we might not be the right fit, you know, mm-hmm. and that's okay. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that you know want to help authors and have different ways and means. Some people would do better with a course, you know, or or a resource. Um, that's a great way to go about it. I'm personally more of like a one to one. I'm little, there's a little more hand holding in my particular approach, but mm-hmm. it's not for everybody. Um, so what can an author do to help make the job of a marketer easier? Uh, show up when you're supposed to show up. <laughs> <laughs> to to uh, events or? Yes, or <laughs> media, you know, interviews. Um, I've, I've had some authors who we set some things up and they just couldn't make it. Um, and that's really challenging. Um, I think that attitude that I talked about earlier, like just having a good can do like dauntless, excited, curious attitude is super duper helpful. Be open to new experiences um in like a roller coaster kind of way like i'm going to go on this roller coaster i'm really scared and like the butterflies but i know eventually it's going to end and i'm going to be like oh my gosh wasn't that amazing mm-hmm. i talked about the curiosity mindset um communicate and brag you know about your accomplishments like it's not just like buy my stuff buy my stuff there's like look at what i did you guys like share in the triumphs of publishing something. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like the first time an author like holds their book and like sniffs it. It's such a beautiful moment. Like share that stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that makes marketers very, very happy. Um, I would say have some non-negotiables, like I like things you won't do, but more than that, be flexible. So if you think Twitter, Twitter's a cesspool, like I'm not going to make you be on Twitter, but like don't be like that about everything. Like be open to trying some new things because you might be surprised that you're actually like really good at something that you didn't think you would be. What if somebody is really introverted? How do you encourage them to uh, sort of take more of a, of a roller coaster goer approach? Well, it kind of, it kind of depends on their like constitution. So like, are they the kind of person that could be like nudged towards something or are they just like, I don't want to do any public speaking. Um, that would change what we might do. It might be like more contributed pieces or like Q and A's or things where they can like, I mean, we can't all be Elena Ferrante, right? Like, right. Or JD Salinger. <laughs> right. I mean, it works, but it's not like a, not like a repeatable <laughs> strategy. there's no pathway for it (laughs) right it's like the enigma is the thing but we can't all be enigmas Um, there's there's no that's not in our guide in our uh, picking your publishing path guide no right right but like I worked with this historical fiction author who was very shy um and I just tried to get at like who were her people like who were her um her crew her clan like the kind and she loved like historical societies so I was like well why don't we put you in historical societies like why don't we try to like find the let let you be in public among your kind (laughs) 
Well, right? there's got to be a lot of readers who aren't online. Yeah. Right. But like, instead of drawing like a hard line of like, I won't do public appearances, I was like, but surely there's people that you kind of can, can like tip a glass of wine with, like, who would they be? Um, so that's been kind of useful is to like empathize tons of empathy, but also like, but is there a way that this could look different? Cause sometimes they just don't know. Yeah. So there's like, all kinds of things we can do. Who literally would you talk to just on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what do you, what kind of publisher do you find to be a joy to work with as a marketer or at least, or at least uh, manageable to work with? I really need like clear communication, clear point of contact, um, clear like expectations and guidelines and again, like being transparent about what you do for the authors is really useful. Um, for a long time, Chronicle Books had this really great uh, web page up that was like all of the um, things that they as the publisher had been doing and would be doing. And then a long list of all these different kind of activities that the author could be doing while the book was in production. Just on um, their website? Yeah, it was this like hidden kind of page if you Googled a certain set of phrases. Um, it would uh, show up. Hold on one second. Is that a cat? <laughs> so sorry. That's okay. I was My like, dad. hey, family, I'm going to be on a podcast. Could you keep the cat from screaming? Thanks. My, um, my dog keeps coming to the door and crying, but if I try to keep him in the room while I'm on a call, he'll go to the door and cry to be let out. So and I'm yeah, like, that's what yeah, my cats do. It's a cat thing. Cause I grew up with cats and I have this dog and I'm like, I, I thought you guys weren't supposed to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're in, you want out. If you're out, you want in. The right. rum tum tugger. The rum tum tugger. <laughs> my cat, one of his names is Bustopher Jones. So. A man like about town. Yeah. yeah, with his spats. He's a little tuxedo cat. So oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that I, I liked it when I was a child and I read the T.S. Eliot book with yes. my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Illustrated by Edward Gorey. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this movie has just kind of, you know, turned people off to the idea of old possums, practical cats. And that's a shame because it's an adorable poem yes. book with so adorable illustrations yeah yes. yeah and plus like how many good poems can you share like good classic poems can you share with a child without having to have like big talks about the universe and the nature of like death and life right. <laughs> flower fairies were really big in our family poetry I don't know if you were into the flower fairy books but no I just in my head like thought oh I recognize that but then I realized it was like the flat fairy book I don't know if you ever saw that it was like now is that like flat Stanley no it was this it's so terrible and my mom would like yell at me if she caught me reading it um but it was like the the concept was like these this girl walking around her garden where there were fairies and like going with her book and smashing them in her book and flattening them. So it's all these illustrations of fairies like, 
<laughs> my mom's like, no, 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 no. Don't look at that. And I'm like, ah! Like bug on a windshield fairies? Yes. 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 I wonder oh what happened. I wonder if she still has that. I'll have to, That's she'll tell funny. me. Okay. Well, coming back from cat screaming interlude, you had asked me what the can publisher. publishers do? Yeah. To be easy to work with. And one thing that I wanted to say was the, when at IT revolution, where I worked, it was an IT publisher. We had like a really clear handoff between editorial and marketing. There was a, there was a moment in time where we all got on a call, the editor, the author, and I, and there was like this clear editorial was saying, don't email me anymore. Now email her. And like handed it off. And then I had a series of like homework assignments and, and sort of projects for them to work on. Because once the book's in production, it can go kind of radio silent for an author. They're like, I have all this nervous energy and what's going on. And so coming in as a marketer and being like, look, you've got blog posts, right? And an author questionnaire to fill out. And like, I have all these things for you to do. It's really a nice transition. And so if there's ever a way to do that with publishers, I always suggest that is um, as production's rolling along, they're again, the duck feet are going like crazy, but the author only sees this like still thing on the top. Give them Um, something to do. Yeah. And so I have like a whole checklist of things and like assignments, homework assignments, check. We had regular check-ins and like they felt more momentum. Um, and I just think that's such a useful thing to offer as a publisher. Yeah. And then you're not scrambling when the pub date comes along. Um, yep. Yeah. Which and, you wouldn't want to be anyway. <laughs> and when I was at Pub West, there was a, a publisher there who was saying um, she has like a an author sort of liaison that like her main job, she's a freelancer, but her main job is to kind of step in and assist the authors in accomplishing what they're contractually obligated to do for that publisher. Like they build it in the contract that the author needs to do one item from these three lists. Wow. And it's manageable, but like they need to make sure that it's getting done. So this kind of author liaison just comes into like, it's like a closer. (laughs) Like she just kind of closes those tasks. Um, And I think that's also something that's really valuable too for everybody to take the pressure off. It almost sounds like a form of an agent but like not in the beginnings phase, not in the courtship and and wedding phase, but in the marriage phase. Right. And just making sure like it all gets done. Cause the main anxiety point that I encounter is like the comes in at timing when to do things in what order. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I know I'm supposed to be doing all this stuff, but like, when is it supposed to be happening? And that's when those kind of extra support things can be really helpful. Yeah. And, and that's why transparency is so valuable and, um, sounds like a two-way street. Two-way street. Yeah. Sure. So we've kind of touched on this, but I, you know, I love being contrary. So like, let's, let's, (laughs) what makes it difficult for a marketing person to do their job? When people think their book is for everyone. Oh Um, yeah. No niche. Yeah. And you have to like explain that if it's for everyone, it's for no one. And that like pissing some people off is maybe actually okay and desirable sometimes. Um, But ideally 
you know, like that 10 people at the cocktail party thing, like don't waste your time on the two people who don't like you focus on the one person who does and maybe try to like woo some of those people who don't care into caring. Like maybe they just don't know not following my advice (laughs) makes it really (laughs) hard, uh, you know, to, to like hire an expert to do something and then kind of not, not do the work and then expect the results at the end, going back to that personal trainer metaphor, like you can't hire someone to get you from like couch potato to beach bod by like (laughs) avoiding the gym. And then like summer swimsuit season hits and you're like, why don't I look awesome? And it's like, well, cause you're, you weren't doing the reps, you know? And then, yeah, the, the showing up or, you know, failing to show up is probably one of the worst things that's happened to me as a marketer is like, or working, you know, with publicity is going to a lot of time and trouble and expense to like set up interviews or set up appearances and then kind of have the person like constantly rescheduling or like not being available. Um, At the IT publisher I worked at, you know, we had an author, we had two authors in one season. And I found out from our publicity team that he wasn't like replying to emails about inquiries, you know, media inquiries. And, and I had to have a talk with him. Like I had to call him and be like, look, this is going to go down on your permanent record. Like I'm putting, you know, $5,000 toward each of these books for publicity. Like if you're not going to show up and do these things, I'm going to take that money. I'm going to go put it over here with the other author. Yeah. And like, cause she's showing up and she's doing this stuff and like, you know, I'm just probably going to remember this next time you write yeah. another book. And he said, well, I'm in Singapore and it's just, I don't want to wake up, you know, to do these interviews. And I was like, okay, good to know, but I'm, there's going to be consequences for this. And yeah. he decided, I was like, take some time, think about it. Let me know. Um, he started replying to the emails. He started waking up at 2 a.m. to do the interviews. Oh. Because he chose to go to Singapore I mean, during launch. Like, yeah. that was his oh choice. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I, to- I always told our authors, like, don't go anywhere for, like, the three weeks at least on either side of launch because um, yeah. we need you to be really responsive. Um, and he just kind of didn't heed that and went to Singapore. And then it wasn't convenient for him to, like, be on these interviews for Eastern time or Pacific time. Yikes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it happens, I mean, stuff like that happens and sometimes it's unforeseeable. Like we've, you know, I've seen authors get sick, you know, like, but you don't know until after they show back up, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I had like a terrible accident or like I had this like very dangerous illness and you're like, I was so mad at you and now I feel terrible. Like going to (laughs) Portland book festival and seeing like one empty chair on the panel because somebody was sick and you're like, they had to be really sick to not take this opportunity. Like then I just feel like lots of get well soon empathy. Yeah. Um, That's but those are like totally different. (laughs) Well, yeah, but also it's, it's also sort of a communication thing too. And it's not saying that these people like, Oh, they should have told Um, people, but it kind of goes back to your discussion about like being open with authors about vulnerability. Like you can tell your publisher and you can tell your marketing team, like tell them you're sick. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. You know, we're all, yeah, we're all on the same, like you said, we're all on the same team. 
Yeah. I just got to crash a somebody's book club earlier this week. And um, Kristen Arnett, the author of Mostly Dead Things was going to be on it. So I was like, I'm totally going to crash this. <laughs> and she talked about how amazing it was for her to work with Tin House and that she felt like everybody at Tin House was like her friend and her colleague and they were a team. And she talked just about at every step of the process working with them, what a pleasure it was. Um, that was really nice to hear. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we we care about you. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, I can just like call someone and like talk to them. Do you ever feel like you kind of get that, um, you know, you know, when you were like a kid and you really liked um, someone who some adult who had authority over you? Like for me, it was my karate teacher. Yeah. I was terrified of him. But like, I really, really liked him. Like there's a picture of me where, you know, he came up and he like put his arm around me to take a picture. And I am standing there with my shoulders all up by my ears. Like, ah. Yeah. Like you <laughs> really want to like Make matter. them happy. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you find, do you find like authors reacting to their publishing people like that sometimes? I hope so. That's great. <laughs> right. I hope they're both feeling that way. Like, I hope that the relationship's inspiring both sides to try to like, make this thing the best it can possibly be like that would just be the ultimate best day scenario as long as but I also kind of feel like that that sort of like fear needs to be broken down <laughs> it's like you got to get past that like shoulders tied up by your ears period to like the you know we want the same things we have the same goals sort of we're thing. <laughs> we're partners in this project yes we, we're all heading in the same direction mm -hmm, mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder and I hopefully we're going about it in compatible ways mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I mean sometimes like I imagine that you know you have some people that you don't necessarily want to work with but like other people do you know it's like not the same for everyone do you yeah, have like referrals I, that you give to people for like projects that maybe aren't for you yeah definitely and when you're in a publishing company you don't necessarily get to work on things that you would choose to work on you know you just kind of take what's assigned to you um i deal with that a lot with my book marketing class i i use books from independent publishers that are forthcoming and i assign them to the marketing class to work on and Sometimes they're like, I don't like this book. And I'm like, well, you're the marketer and your job is to not like it. It's to find the people who will. Um, and then when you're an independent person like me, I can be a little more selective because, mm -hmm. and it isn't like I don't like their book or I don't want to be involved. It's like, I'm maybe not the right fit. Um, whether it's, I don't, I don't really do poetry. I don't really do like YA or middle grade, you know, there's just things that I just don't do well. I've kind of found a niche and more like, this is sort of weird, but like IT and management and business books, and then like mind, body, spirit. There's nothing so, wrong with that. <laughs> I have, but they're like, I joke that I'm fluent in like engineer and shaman. Like there's these two um, kind of different worlds, but I'm able to work inside those. And there's some projects that come along that just aren't I don't think that I'm going to be able to do best by them. Um, and so I'll refer to somebody who specializes in that kind of thing more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Man. I mean, you just love niche. <laughs> well, 
as one I'd should. I'd rather talk to like 30 people that are raptly listening than 300 who are like scrolling on their phones, you know? <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, all right. So what are you, what are you reading right now? I know I didn't, uh, uh, well, I just finished listening to the Silent Patient audiobook um, and Parable of the Sower, which were amazing audiobooks. So Parable of the Sower is like sci-fi, kind of apocalyptic, but it was published like in the 90s. Yeah. Octavia, Octavia Butler. Butler. Amazing. But isn't, um, is that the one where there's literally like the line from the person who's president where he's like, come with me and we'll make America great, America again. great again? Yeah. <laughs> And there was uh, some authors, some academics that started a like a virtual or online series that was like Octavia warned us or like hashtag Octavia tried to warn us or something. I don't remember what it is, but, you know, because yeah. it was very. Yeah, I, I got. Yeah, I, I read it in 2017. Mm -hmm. on like I remember reading that page on Max and just like getting goosebumps and kind of looking around like to, to tell that. somebody oh god I know <laughs> you guys <laughs> and then I listened to the silent patient because I love like thriller I like spooky plot twisty kind of stuff like that and boy oh boy was that and then I'm reading in my mass market paperback um night stand reading is Daphne du Maurier don't look now I've only seen the movie. Yeah. So I've never seen the movie, but like oh. um, <laughs> there's this online bookseller that I follow on Instagram and she sometimes puts these Avon um, Daphne du Maurier and like Agatha Christie books up. And I'm mm. like, just, I'm just like a sucker for the stinky, <laughs> like 1970s mass market paperback funk. So like the, the used bookstore with all of them, <laughs> like packed horizontally into a shelf. Yeah. I don't know. There's something that feels a little extra smutty about this format. I just like it. So I mean, if you, if you do end up seeing the movie, I hope you really like Donald Sutherland's butt. Oh gosh. You're going to see a lot of it. Oh my God. There's like a 15 minute sex scene in it. It's ridiculous. What? Wow. Because that's not what I'm getting from this book at all. I don't know, man. I, I haven't done a lot of research into the differences, but I, I didn't, you know, like embarrassing get, admission. I didn't know it was Daphne du Maurier. Okay. Like, well, I will get back to you with, I guess, a deep textual analysis of the... I mean, it seemed extremely random. <laughs> I love it. And in the marketing copy for this podcast, you can be like, marketing and Donald Sutherland's butt. <laughs> All the things we talked about. I'm a, a teaser of Donald Sutherland's butts. <laughs> I read some like tweet that was basically like, this is every podcaster's summary and just like a bunch of random like Words. we talk about dog tails and frames with I am looking at things in the room. And like I love with dollar bills. OMG. And... Yeah. <laughs> We're so quirky. Yeah, totally. Um, do you have any in, uh, places online where people can find you? Uh, my website is just my name. And then uh, my handle on Instagram is Ruby underscore armor. All right. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at Hybrid Pub Scout, on Twitter at Hybrid Pub Scout, and Instagram, Hybrid Pub Scout Pod. 
please visit our website, hybridpubscout.com. And while you're there, click join our troop and get our new guide, the HPS guide to picking your publishing path and BLM and leave us a five-star review and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, thank you, Robin. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for giving a rip about books. <laughs>